Now we go back to our Auburn Bank phone line, but this time to join our favorite guest uh, here on this Tuesday afternoon. It's Justin Ferguson of the Auburn Observer. Justin, I hope you are well getting ready for a big basketball game tonight in Oxford. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's a pretty, uh, pretty big one for Auburn just to try to keep up the momentum from what they did Saturday night against Arkansas. It was such a good win, such a bounce-back win that could kind of like reset the tone for the season. Uh, but they got to do it on the road. Auburn's lost three out of their last four away from uh, Neville Arena. And, uh, you know, uh, Ole Miss is a, a very desperate team having started 0-3 in SEC play. Yeah, and with this team, Justin, obviously there was a good version of this team on the road earlier against Washington Mm -hmm. a few weeks back. And and I know that Washington is probably going to have a troublesome season overall in the Pac-12, but you got to look at a team like Ole Miss as really not being anywhere different in caliber than a team like Washington. So how can Auburn kind of forget the Georgia performance, I mean, use it to learn, but kind of re-invoke that performance they had in, in Washington? Yeah, the key is going to be taking care of the basketball. Uh, Auburn got into really bad turnover problems in the first half against Georgia and kind of put them in a hole that they couldn't get out of. Um, you know, the, the turnovers were way down against Arkansas. They only had four in each half, which is a really good number, especially against an Arkansas team that forces a ton of takeaways and they're so big and athletic. And so I think Auburn's got to keep that up because you know that uh, Kermit Davis uh, is going to draw up a lot of stuff on defense to try to create turnovers um, because – that's kind of been their, you know, their best way to score this year. Ole Miss is not a not a very efficient offensive team right now, but they can't hurt you in transition. Um, so they've got to do a a really good job of, um, of of you know taking care of the ball and not giving Ole Miss easy opportunities. I thought Auburn really really maintained their composure well against Arkansas. I think Wendell Green Jr. was a huge part of that, having a really big bounce back game, had a really rough outing against Georgia, then plays one of his best games of the season against Arkansas. He's going to have a matchup tonight uh, against an Ole Miss team that's got some really good guards. Matthew Morrell, Deshaun Ruffin, uh, who was once committed to Auburn. Um, you know, is those guys are going to be uh, really itching to kind of get after Auburn's backcourt, and so he's got to do a really good job of taking care of the ball, but also um, just keeping it keeping it going and and creating for others and hitting his own shots. I think he did a really good job of that in the second half against Washington against their zone defense, um, and so. If Ole Miss tries to throw a lot of zone at Auburn, especially that kind of extending, extended pressing um, kind of zone that we've seen Ole Miss run in the past, that's going to be up to guys like Wendell Green Jr. and Trey Donaldson to take care of the ball, keep it moving, and try to try to do a good job of getting some shots up. Justin, we know how hard it is to win on the road, especially in the SEC in college basketball. So when you look at this Ole Miss team, they haven't had the best year, but – you still have to go on the road to play them. So if Auburn can't pull this game out tonight, what does that mean going forward for the rest of the season? Yeah, I mean, I think if you can't win it tonight, you have to really take advantage of your next few. I mean, the Auburn's in a stretch right now where they don't have to play a really elite team until they play Tennessee at the beginning of next month. Um, so this this schedule, like, you have four out of your next six are road games. Three of those are SEC games. Um, you need to take a couple of them. And so it would. I think it would just – if they don't beat Ole Miss tonight, then you look at South Carolina LSU next week, you look at those matchups and say, like, you really, really need to get those uh, because you're going to have to get some road wins to help out your tournament resume, uh, to help out uh, where you can sit in the SEC. Um, because, I mean, right now it looks like everyone's chasing Alabama and Tennessee. Um, but what that means is, especially if you've got a head-to-head win over Arkansas and you're not playing again this year, 
you have an opportunity to be number three, number four team in the SEC very realistically. That's a double buy in the SEC tournament. That's a really, really good um, you know, positioning yourself for the NCAA tournament. So, I mean, if you want Auburn's if Auburn wants to be at the, you know, the best of they, they can be and take advantage of the opportunity they have in front of them, they gotta pick up wins on this uh, on this road start. So a uh, softer start to SEC play than what they get on the back end. Um, so if they lose tonight against Ole Miss, it's not the end of the world because that Arkansas win helped you out a lot. Uh, but I think that would make put a lot of pressure on what they got to do next week. And we've heard all about Bruce Pearl complimenting Kermit Davis. Obviously, as we've all mentioned, uh, Ole Miss has been able to beat Auburn a few times, even if they were not as good as Auburn. And, of course, that would fall under this category again tonight. Auburn clearly the better team, but in Oxford and against Kermit Davis. Why has Kermit Davis been able to kind of figure out how to slow down Bruce Pearl teams? Yeah, I mean, this goes back all the way to his time in Middle Tennessee State, and he played some really competitive games with Bruce Pearl when he was at Tennessee and at Auburn. Um, you know, is Kermit Davis is just a really good uh, X's and O's coach. Um, he has a lot of creative ways to get his, his guys a ball, a ball in their hands, uh, give them good scoring opportunities. They have a very um, kind of diverse playbook uh, that really, really, really runs uh, good stuff. And then on defense, I mean, he, he just – he has a pretty expansive defensive playbook as well, so he kind of finds the right form to give you trouble. Uh, Kermit's is a really good coach, and when you you know when you spend your your career, the bulk of your career as a head coach at a place like Middle Tennessee State, you have to scheme, you have to outsmart your opponent more often than not, especially when you're trying to play up. Um, and he's done some of that at Ole Miss, and like when Ole Miss is good uh, under him, they have been able to beat some really good teams, you know, in Oxford. Uh, by, by throwing them out of their rhythm. And so it's just a really, really good um, X's and O's coach. Um, and he seems to do a really good job when things get rolling. Hadn't been a great year for them so far. Um, you know, lost to North Alabama, lost to UCF uh, at home. Um, also, you know, lost three straight to start SEC play. Uh, but they're dangerous. They're dangerous. Matthew Morell is a really good scorer. Jamie Brakefield's having a great season. Uh, the transfer from Duke from a couple of years ago. Um, so they, you know they they aren't a team to just mess around with by any means. Auburn's going to have to play a good good you know too great uh, basketball game tonight in order to beat Ole Miss on the road. Talking to Justin Ferguson of the Auburn Observer, let's switch gears real quickly here and talk about this very chaotic yet successful portal cycle for Auburn. Uh, the news has just kept coming over the last 72, 96 hours. I mean, it just every day there's one to two more names in uh, coming towards Auburn. Really too many to talk about individually, Ferg, but just of these eight or nine, ten guys that they've gotten here in the last week or two, what stands out to you? Uh, it's the offensive line for sure. I mean, they've gotten three transfers on the offensive line. It's not very often that one team can go get three FBS transfers on the offensive line. It doesn't happen very often. Uh, and, and Auburn has done it. Um, and they have been able, you know, today, uh, with their flip from the center from, uh, ECU, who was committed to Illinois, that's a big time pickup because you needed a center. Um, you've got guards. You now have tackles, uh, you know, with Britain, with a Gunner Britton and, uh, and Dylan Wade, but you don't really have a center that you can kind of feel super confident about moving forward. Um, he's played a lot of football, and uh, he's going to be one of those guys that I think you can pencil in as kind of a one-and-done starter for Auburn uh, up front. Um, and then on top of that, I think they've done a good job of kind of loading in some dudes at, at key positions. Defensive line's got more big bodies, which is very, very useful. Linebacker getting to Mario Tolan is a huge, huge pickup. Um, they could probably use another linebacker if they could get one. But Tolan is a really great player, and like a lot of people thought, 
he was going to probably have a big role or possibly be even a starter at LSU next season, but Auburn's able to get the most out of their second chance with him. Nick Martin, the Cincinnati wide receiver, is a really good piece just because he's experienced and big. You know, Cannon Brown is big, um, and you've got some guys with size on this team uh, at receiver, but not a ton with a lot of production. Nick Martin was really good at Hawaii with Marcus Davis. He was a role player last season with Cincinnati, and I think he could kind of be a good role player for Auburn this year. Uh, and then probably the most fun name they've gotten in the portal is Brian Batte, uh, the uh, running back from South Florida. He is dynamite, man. He is about 5'8", 165 pounds, one of the best big playbacks in college football this past season on a really bad USF team, uh, but was a highlight factory. I ran for buck fifty against Florida. He was number one kicker turner in America, All-American last year. Um, I think he's going to give some lightning to kind of a little bit more of the thunder that you can get from Jarquez Hunter and, and you know, Jeremiah Cobb and, and what you're going to continue to develop out of uh, Damari Austin. So really, really big pickup. They've addressed a lot of needs, uh, and it's just become a much more balanced roster here in the last few weeks. Ferg, how quickly did you turn off the national championship game last night? <laughs> I, I watched the whole thing. Oh, wow. I was, I was actually – I was actually watching with other people, and so we were just, I mean, I was not at my house, so I was like, okay, well, I mean, if I'm here, I might as well just stay here. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, it was, you know, I now, I knew it was going to turn out, maybe not to the score line it was, but as soon as they jumped out to that 7 nothing and how it looked so easy, I was like, oh, this could get ugly. This could get really ugly. And even though TCU hit that, hit that shot and tried to come back in it, I mean, it was just never close. And it just, it just underscores just the gap. You know, uh, TCU was ever able to overcome the gap they have, the talent gap they have with a team like Michigan, you know, by making pick sixes, hitting big plays, um, you know, really, really doing. And they had a fantastic year. They, they should not be ashamed of what they put out there this season. Um, but the gap between, I tweeted this, the, the recruiting gap between TCU and Michigan is smaller than the gap between Michigan and Georgia. So it's like you're doubling up, even more than doubling up, the kind of challenge ahead, and, and it shows. And, and, and Georgia, you know, they have a lot of dudes out there who left it like literally all they had on the field, and uh, that's what's going to happen when a really talented team is playing at a high level like that. And, and look, Ferg, I know that Stetson Bennett can move, and we've underrated the kid in just about every way over the last couple of years, as it turns out. But uh, when he does, when he has like a 20 or 25-yard read option near yeah. the goal line is not touched, and that was the first touchdown of the game, I was with you. I was uh, very alarmed at that moment uh, for TCU. He's Justin Ferguson of the Auburn Observer. Justin, what do you have on uh, on tap here for the Observer over the next few days? Yeah, so I'm in Oxford tonight. We'll be there for the game uh, for Auburn and Ole Miss. We will have all of our post-game observations up tomorrow morning. So a deep dive into what all goes on tonight between the Tigers and the Rebels. You can get that when you wake up tomorrow morning. comes out at 6 a.m. Central Time, uh, like most of our newsletters do. Uh, go to auburnobserver.com. Sign up there. It's $6 a month or $60 a year to get a full subscription. And once you're in, you're in. Everything we write, everything we do podcast-wise, get sent straight to your email inbox. Got a mailbag later this week. Got a, you know, more podcasts, and uh, we'll have some stuff on uh, on a transfer or two for Auburn football. Also, in the newsletter, so a whole lot of stuff. Uh, sign up there, and uh, we'll put it in your inbox pretty much every morning. Justin Ferguson of the Auburn Observer joining us today on the Tuesday edition of Sports Call. Justin, enjoy the game in Oxford tonight, and we'll talk to you again soon. All right, appreciate you guys.